Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Church of God. Good morning. How's everyone this morning? It's, it's an awesome privilege to be able to come together in God's house to worship and to praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. We are so blessed to be here. I want to welcome you once again to our uh, Sunday celebration. We also want to welcome those who are watching us online. This is a good place to be because God is in this place. Amen? Not only is God in this place, but God's people are in this place, and that makes it extra, extra ordinary, extra, extra awesome to be able to gather together. My name is Manolo. I'm one of the uh, pastors here at Dayspring Church, and and I have the honor and the privilege to be able to come before you to bring God's Word. Amen? Well, we made it. It's uh, April 3rd. Uh, it's the fourth month of the year, uh, so we made it. April by far is my favorite month. Uh, not only does baseball season start this month, yes, but it's also my birthday month. Yeah. Amen. April. <laughs> uh, the 13th of this month, I will be celebrating my 50th existence here on planet Earth. <laughs> they say that you know you're old when they start telling you you look good for your age. I'll be 43 this year. Amen. So 50 years, and I, I just want to thank the Lord for, for just keeping me and blessing me all these, these years, praise God. Not only that, it's my favorite time of season. It's Easter season. Amen. I only got one Amen. Man, it's Easter season, and next Sunday we'll be celebrating Palm Sunday, and in two weeks we'll be celebrating Easter. As Pastor has said, it's going to be the most awesome Easter service we've ever had. So be sure to come and to be blessed of the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Well, when you walked in, you should have received a bulletin, and in your bulletin there's an outline. If you didn't receive one, just raise your hands, and my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law will uh, get one to you, Rosie and Tony. So just raise your hands if you didn't receive one. Praise God. Amen. What do you say we stand for the reading of the word? There in your outline, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. If you prefer an outline or if you want to read it up here or if you prefer your Bible, you can do so. I'm going to read it from the Word, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. It's there in your outline. And the Bible says, and they, and they servants of Christ, uh, I'm in the wrong, 1 Corinthians. <laughs> I'm in 2 Corinthians. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for the encouragement, guys. <laughs> Actually, I, I really don't have any pressure. 
Uh, verse 23, it says, For I passed unto you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body. Everybody say, This is my body. Which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me in the same way he took the cup of wine and the supper saying, this is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with his blood. Everybody say blood. blood. Amen. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. I would like to preach on the subject. Do this in remembrance of me yes. from Passover to communion. I'm going to kindly ask you to bow your heads as we go before the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, we just want to give you the, the thanks, the glory, the honor, the praise. We come to this place, Lord, to honor you, to praise you, to lift up our voices in our hands, to be blessed, God, not only of your presence, God, but of your power. We ask you, Lord, that you move mightily, God, through your word. Speak to us, Lord. And anoint my lips of clay, God, that you would be able, Lord, to feel this room, God, with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. And can the church of God say amen. 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 You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody looks good. Turn around to your neighbor and tell them you look good. Praise God. And that's not a lie. <laughs> you know, on the night that, <clears throat> on the night before Jesus uh, was executed, the Bible tells us that he gathered his disciples for one final meal together. Uh, it would be their last time together before he is hauled away by the Jewish and the Roman authorities to be crucified on Calvary's cross. And around the table, he, he shared a Passover meal with his closest friends. Now, Passover was a time to celebrate and to remember when God used Moses to free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, as told in the book of Exodus. Now, why did Jesus institute the Lord's Prayer or the Lord, excuse me, the Lord's Supper on Passover uh, that night he was crucified? Well, it's because he is the fulfillment of all that was foreshadowed of the Passover lamb. In other words, his blood, the blood of the new covenant, adverts to the wrath of God for those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ instituted the Lord's Supper that night to signify that this was a new exodus or a new exodus was about to begin. You know, Moses was a type and a figure, you know, as of, a, of a savior. He led the people out of Egypt into the wilderness. It was an exodus. Also, Jesus, who through his blood has led many to freedom. Uh, this act indicated that it was a time that the time of redemption had come. Now, we must remember that the Lord's Supper, or what is referred to as communion, or the Lord's table, it was a Passover meal. The Bible says, and Jesus took bread, and gave thanks. The Lord's table or communion is also known as the Eucharist or to give thanks. If there's something that we ought to be thankful for, it is the blood, it is the sacrifice and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? 
And the Bible says that he took bread and gave thanks. And he gave it to them and he said, this is my body which is given unto you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now there are only two ordinances which we Christians recognize. Uh, the word ordinance means a law or something prescribed. In other words, Christians recognize only two rituals as being prescribed in the word of God. The first ordinance is baptism by immersion and the other is the Lord's Supper or what we call communion. Now baptism is a, is a symbolic act that portrays what Jesus has done for the believer in salvation. In other words, it's a picture of a person dying out the old life of sin and raising up again a new life for the service of the Lord. In other words, it's an outward uh, symbol of the inner work of God in the human spirit. The Lord's Supper, on the other hand, is a symbolic act that calls to mind the death, the resurrection, and the promised return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, when we take the bread and the cup, we are remembering the day when Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross, was buried, and rose again on the third day. The communion is a symbol of the eternal work God did through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus never asked His disciples to remember His birth but he did instruct them to remember his death and his resurrection. And he gave the church these two visible ordinances as a reminder of his death. Now more than anything else, the Lord's Supper is a time of remembrance. That's why Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And that's the thought that I want to magnify this morning. So the first thing we, we see is that the Lord's Supper, and you can write this down, it's a time of commemoration. Now the word commemorate means to honor a memory of somebody or something in a ceremony, to serve as a memorial to something. Now in the Bible, memorials were established for the purpose of remembering. Memorials help future generations remember something important. Jacob and Joshua and Samuel built memorials to remind future generations of what God had did and what God is doing. Yeah. And so the Passover was an annual memorial that helped the people remember how God had conquered and humiliated the false gods of Egypt. It was a memorial to help God's people remember not only how God had, had judged Egypt, but how God had saved his people from Egypt and how God had saved his people from the 10th plague. Amen. It was only through the proper application of the blood from the firstborn son, both man and beast were saved when the death angel passed over Egypt. Now the Lord's Supper is, if, if the Lord's Supper is anything, it is a memorial. It is a time to remember Jesus and what Jesus did for each and every one of us. Can I get a witness? You see, the wooden cross has decayed into dust. The nails have long been lost. The crown of thorns was not preserved. No cup containing his blood was kept. 
Only one mention has been left. Only one memorial has been left to us to remind us of Jesus' death and resurrection. And we call that the Lord's Supper. That's why Jesus Christ said, do this in remembrance of me. Can someone say amen? amen. Now, what are we to commemorate? Well, the first thing we are to commemorate is his suffering. Look at at the top, verse 24 and 25. It talks about his broken body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, both these vivid phrases bring to mind the suffering and the pain. You see, when we take the elements of the Lord's Supper, we are remembering that Jesus Christ suffered horribly for us to save us from our sins. The horror of what Jesus endured on the cross. Now consider the fact that before he arrived at Calvary, Jesus was awake all night. He had been through at least four trials. He had been beaten by the Jews, beaten by the Roman soldiers. He had endured a horrible scrooge by the Romans. He had been mocked. He had been ridiculed. He had been spit upon and carried and 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 and, uh, and made to carry a cross which weighed about 170 to 200 pounds to Calvary. Then he was crucified, an act more horrible than anything that I can imagine. John chapter 3 and verse 17 says that God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. Through him. You see, by sacrificing himself for us on the cross, he took the punishment of our sins at once. When Jesus hung on the cross, he suffered for you. He suffered for me. He suffered for our sins. Not because he had to, but because he wanted to. That's why the Bible tells us in John chapter 15 and verse 13, Greater love has no man than this, than he that would lay down his life for his friends. Can someone say amen? amen. What else do we commemorate? We commemorate his sacrifice. The fact that Jesus Christ was in a human body speaks of the sacrifice he made to redeem us. God became a man. And lived and died in the world to redeem the lost. He suffered shame. He suffered rejection. He suffered poverty. He suffered pain. He suffered death. In fact, the goal of giving himself as a sacrifice was his whole purpose of coming to this world in the first place. You know, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27 says, unlike those other high priests, he does not need other sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sin. You know, the law of Moses prescribed that there would be priests who would make a regular repeated sacrifice on behalf of the people and on behalf of themselves. It was called a system of sacrifices, all kinds of sacrifices. And you can read this in Leviticus chapter 9. 
There were guilt offerings. There were sin offerings. There was offerings of atonement. The sacrifices they offered were only temporary and, and covered the sins of their people. But let me explain. You see, in the Old Testament times, on the day of, Pente on the day of atonement, the Bible tells us that the priests would, would uh, once a year go into that holy of holies. But before he could enter into that holy place, he would get two goats and he would inspect those goats to make sure that they were free from any, from, from any diseases, make sure that no bones were broken. And he would take two boxes. One box had the name of the Lord and the other box had the name of, of Azael or the scapegoat. And he would cast lots to determine which goat was the goat of the Lord and which goat was the scapegoat. And so the Bible says that the scapegoat, the priest would, would lay his hands upon the scapegoat and he would confess their sins and he would release that goat into the wilderness. They didn't want that goat to come back. As a matter of fact, sometimes the goat would come back. It symbolizes that their sins were returning and they would chew it away. Sometimes they would hire a little boy to just push him off the cliff. But they, that's what the scapegoat was. And then he would take the goat of the Lord and he would sacrifice it. And he would take that blood and he would enter into the holies of holies. And he would sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat. First for himself and then for his people. But you see, that sacrifice and that blood could not wipe away their sins. You know what it did? It just rolled it back one year. And the debt kept accumulating year after year after year after year. That's why the writer of the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4 tells us, For it's impossible for blood for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sins of the world. You see, that sacrifice kept adding up year after year after year. It only was until Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice, hallelujah, came, suffered horribly, died on the cross, shed his blood for you and I, hallelujah, shed his blood, the perfect lamb, that the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed us once and for all, for all of our sins. Can someone say amen? hallelujah Jesus died a, a horrible death on Calvary's cross and shed his blood for you and I praise God and, and that place that holies of holies it had a curtain which separated man and God which was about four inches thick that two oxen couldn't tear it apart when Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross the Bible says that 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 curtain ripped in, in half, God stepped out, man stepped in, and we met at Calvary. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us. Can I get a witness? You know, the Bible is very meticulous in what it talks about, shadows, types, and symbols, because the goat of the Lord or the scapegoat, that's where we get the word scapegoat, it's a type and a symbol of Barabbas. Barabbas is let go. Jesus goes to be crucified on Calvary's cross. And when Jesus Christ was on the cross, he yelled, Telestali, it is finished. It is finished. Praise God. So by saying, 
It is finished. Jesus was signaling to the Jewish worlds that there is no more need for sacrifices or temple because the work, his blood, his sacrifice brought the ultimate sacrificial system that was foreshadowed so long ago. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us. Can someone say amen? Praise God. Jesus was holy. He was innocent. He was undefiled. He was separate from sinners and exalted in the heavens. And because he was sinless, he didn't have to offer sacrifices to his own guilt. He owned no debt. He owed no debt for any sins and could offer himself as a substantiary sacrifice. I'm a Portuguese. Sometimes my English and Spanish get mixed up. You see, when the bread and the juice is passed around in a little while, stop to remember what Jesus did for you. Amen? Amen. We are here to commemorate his suffering and his sacrifice for us. Not only that, but it's a time of celebration. You could write that down. It's a time of celebration. Just as the Lord's Supper is a commemoration it's also a celebration you know I grew up in the 80s and I, I just confess that I'm going to be about 50 years old and I, I remember a song I used to boogaloo to y'all don't know amen you millennials don't know what I'm talking about when I say boogaloo but there was a song that, that amen it just rattled me when I heard it man celebrate good times come on y'all know what I'm talking about here Amen. It is a celebration. Hallelujah. Just as the Lord's Supper is a commemoration, it's also a celebration. And the word celebrate means to mark a special occasion or day or ceremonies or festivities. It, it comes from the Latin word to attend a feast. That's why we are here today. We are here to celebrate. I said, we are here to celebrate. We are here to celebrate Jesus. We are here to celebrate what Jesus Christ did for us 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross. We are here. We are celebrating Jesus. We didn't come to look cute. We didn't come to look pretty. We didn't come to be spectators. We come to honor, to bless, to honor, to worship the name of Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us. We are here to celebrate can someone say amen? amen? That's what we are here to do. We are here to attend a feast, to celebrate what Jesus Christ did for us. And there should be a heart of thankfulness. Every time we walk through those doors, there should be a heart of thankfulness. There should be a heart of joy. There should be a heart of, of giving for every person that walks through those doors because of who Jesus is and what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross. Let me remind you that we are here to celebrate. Three said amen. I said we are here to celebrate. We are here to celebrate what Jesus Christ did for us. Praise God. And what did Jesus do, do for us? He redeemed us. Amen. He reconciled us. He paid, us. he paid the ransom. 
He washed away our sins. He forgave us. Someone say amen. He, he freed us. Praise God. He justified us. He cleansed us of our guilty conscience. He sanctified us. He opened us to the presence of God. He gave us peace. And most of all, hallelujah, he overcame. We celebrate because we can overcome the enemy. Praise God. Someone say amen. That's why the Bible tells us in Revelation, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony. We are here to celebrate what Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us. Let's give God a hand, praise. Praise God. You know, a lot of times we, we have the tendency of, of skipping over the difficult. Amen? And head straight, to, head straight to the easy, right? We don't want the difficult things. We don't want to dwell in the valley. Instead, we want to go straight to the mountaintop. Amen? We, we want to skip the bad and embrace the good. And, and we want to move past the trials and experience the triumph. And by speaking to someone. Amen? That's the same. The same is true for this Easter season. That there's a part of us that want to skip over the cross. There's a part of us that want to skip the, 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 the blood and go straight to the empty tomb. But the truth is that without the cross and without the blood, there is no Easter. Without the cross and without the blood, there is no victory. And without the cross and without the blood, there is no hope. But how many are in this room, hallelujah, to give God the thanks? Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ washed our sins away. And let me tell you, that blood is still flowing today. That blood is still flowing right now. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you, today is the day of salvation. The blood was shed 2,000 years ago hallelujah but the blood of Jesus is still flowing 2022 that's what Jesus did for us praise God can I get a witness praise God that's why Paul says I will never boast about anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ you see without the cross without the blood we have nothing to celebrate praise God we have nothing to celebrate. Not only that, but we celebrate his compassion. Notice on the top of your outline in the verse, the words for you in verse 24. And you could underline it. For you. And this word reminds us that Jesus, what Jesus did as he suffered because he loved us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Amen. No one else is going to love you like Jesus will love you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I'm not going to go there. But nobody's going to love you like Jesus loved you. He had no sin of his own to die for. But he willingly took upon our sins that we might del be delivered from the penalty of our sins. What love does Jesus have for us that the Lamb of God would give himself for me? That's what he did. We celebrate his compassion. Also, we celebrate his conquest. And we're about to celebrate Easter. 
Hey, man, the house is packed. I, I, I just, man, can you imagine how Easter is going to be? It's going to be on fire. Amen. It's going to be good. But we celebrate his conquest. What is not mentioned in these verses, but in what is clearly implied here in verse uh, 24 or 26, is the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead after, after he endured the horrible pain on the cross. You see, anyone could have died. But only the God-man could have paid the sins through death and guaranteed eternal life for those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. And thank God, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You ever hear that song? Brother Steve has. I tell you, I grew up in the 80s and I know all them Martha Manusi songs. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because Jesus Christ died, I will live tomorrow. Amen. We celebrate his conquest. You know, all great, all great leaders of history have one thing in common. They're all dead. Amen. And you know what separates Christianity from the rest of the world religion? is the fact that our God, that our Savior is not dead. That He is alive and lives forevermore. And all great religious leaders in history have that one thing in common, that they're all dead. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. Every pope dies. Joseph Smith is dead. Gandhi is dead. Every Dalai Lama dies. But I am here to announce to you that Jesus Christ is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is alive. And he lives forevermore. And that's why we come to celebrate. Because Jesus Christ is alive. Praise God. And our hope is not in man. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. You know, in the New Testament, that there was a time, there was a, two disciples. And the Bible says that they were on their way to Emmaus. They were on that road to Emmaus, from Emmaus to, to Jerusalem. I, I believe it was a two-hour journey, if I'm not mistaken. Amen. But they're on their way to Emmaus, and they're sad. Amen. They're sad. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jesus shows up. Come on. All of a sudden, hey, Jesus could be in this room. Uh, he could be sitting next to you. Amen. Not Nestor, amen. But he could be sitting next to you. You know, they were sad. And then Jesus all of a sudden shows up and he begins to talk to them from Malachi all the way, uh, from, from, from Genesis all the way to Malachi. So much so that one of them had holy heartburn. They said, doesn't my heart burn with, amen. They were sad. And Jesus asked them, why are you sad? And they said, well, our Savior, Jesus Christ died. Let me tell you, my friend, that if you are sad, your Savior is dead. Hallelujah. We do not serve a dead God, our hope is not in man. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. We have a 
God that is alive and lives forevermore. Let's give God hell a plan praise. If you're sad, you serve a dead God, but our God is alive. Three said, amen. I said, our God is alive and he lives forevermore. Amen. Only one man has risen from the grave never to taste death. And that's Jesus Christ. He rose again. God validated his kingdom, accepted his payment for the sins. Amen. And raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Praise God. He is alive. Can someone say amen? Amen. Praise God. Not only that, we celebrate his coming. We are clearly told that when we observe the Lord's Supper, We are telling the world that we believe that Jesus is coming again. Amen. I like the word in King James where it says, proclaim his death until it comes. That's what the King James says. And I like King James. Amen. And the word proclaim means to preach. Now you've become a preacher. You, You don't have a license or you don't have a ministerial credential, but you are a preacher. You are to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Amen. We are to celebrate his coming. That's the promise. And the promise is reaffirmed by the Apostle Paul. It is also reaffirmed by Jesus himself in the closing words of the Bible. He is coming and that's the truth we celebrate today. Now the Lord's Supper should serve as a reminder of the fact that He is coming. It should stir in in our hearts to remind us that Jesus will soon come and take His children home forevermore. And therefore, when, when we pass this bread and the juice in a few minutes, let us remember that Jesus Christ is coming and coming for His people. It's also a time of contemplation. Can you play something? It's also a time of contemplation. The Lord's Supper is a time of commemoration. It's a time of celebration, but it's also a time of contemplation. The word means to think about something seriously at length. And when we think about Jesus and how he suffered for us, I want to worship him. When I think about all he did for us, I want to celebrate. I want to shout his praises. But when I think about how God suffered at Calvary's, I contemplate the goodness of Jesus, his salvation, his love for us. And what do we contemplate? We contemplate our salvation. The deliverance of grace. The deliverance by the grace of God for eternal punishment that was granted to all those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because salvation is available in Jesus alone. He is the one. He is the Savior. He can save us. You know, this past... I'm finishing this past Tuesday. I was at a kind of like a warehouse. 
And they store very expensive equipment for different bands, guitars and drums and what have you. And there was a gentleman there who had been struggling to get some stuff out. He was trying to get his guitar and some other things out. And, and uh, I offered, I said, hey, can I help you move some of that stuff? And he says, yeah, man, that, that would be great. That would be awesome. This is past Tuesday. That would be awesome. And so I spent about 15, 20 minutes moving and, and moving things around so he could get to what he needed to get. And then afterwards he said, hey, you know, we're going to be in town at SoFi certain, certain date. You know, just talk to, I forgot her name. And if you want to meet the band, you know, just tell her. And we'll, if you take your wife or your girlfriend or whoever you want to take, we can go backstage and you can meet the band. He assumed I knew who he was talking about. I had no idea who he was. <laughs> and so I, I was with a lady there and, and she was telling me, she says, hey, do you know who that is? I said, you know, I don't. She says, that's, I think he said John from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I said, you know, I don't even know who the Red Hot Jalapenos are. I've never heard of them. I've never heard of them. She says, you are in the midst of greatness. And I thought, if she only knew. We are in the midst of greatness. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.